So we've now done crimes based on anti-Semitic um, activity. We've done crimes against blacks or browns. Our most recent crime was uh, two boys beating up a Down syndrome child. Hi, I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. With me on the phone is Judge David S. Wesley, the presiding judge of Los Angeles Superior Court, and Camilo Cruz, who is the Director of Community Outreach for the Los Angeles Superior Court. Today, we are going to talk about teen courts, and in particular, a new program called SHADES, which stands for Stopping Hate and Delinquency by Empowering Students. So I want to thank you both for joining me today. It's our pleasure to be here. Thank you. I've seen it estimated that there are about a thousand teen courts, or sometimes they're called youth courts, around the U.S. We have about 70 here in New York. I thought maybe one of you could take me through how they work in Los Angeles. Well, I started sitting as a referee in juvenile court in 1992 and could see that there had to be other solutions to uh, the juvenile crime problem that we were having at that time other than locking people up or bringing them into juvenile court. Uh, and so we started. We started an experiment. I think it was in Odessa, Texas. They had started with the youth court program in about 1960s. So this program was not new to the country, but new in California. Interestingly, that same year, 1992, there were three teen courts in California. That's all. And they all started the same year, 1992. One in Placer County, one in Santa Barbara, and one in Los Angeles. All different models. The model in Placer had the minor admit guilt. And the trial was with the students playing prosecutor and defense lawyer. The trial was all about sentencing. The model in Santa Barbara was what we call a master jury system, where the minor had to admit guilt, and the, the jury asked all the questions. There was no role playing of prosecutor or defense lawyer. The model that we adopted in Los Angeles was a model where the case would be summarized, and then the minor would be given a chance to tell their story, and then the jury would ask questions. And they decided guilt or innocence, and they also decided what the punishment should be. The idea and the orientation of this was punishment was not punishment. Punishment was what we can do so that the minor doesn't get in trouble again. So it had a restorative emphasis. It absolutely had a restorative emphasis, but not what some people would call restorative justice, although I do, because the victim wasn't involved. Let me ask you how you have measured its impact. Well, we, we know anecdotally that our recidivism rate is very low. And in fact, if you look at the statistics on youth courts throughout the country, the recidivism rates are very, very low. If the minor is convicted, the minor not only is placed on probation for six months under certain terms and conditions, but they come back and sit as a juror on other students. So we actually see how they're doing for the next six months. What generally ends up happening is they keep coming even after their six months is over. And they volunteer as jurors. Yeah, they like team court. This is Camilo here. I, I also want to um, talk about how the schools are more and more in need of experiential learning for their kids. So our teen core, one of the, the things I think gets schools so excited about it and gets them, you know, motivated to request a teen court on their campus is because all the learning that's going on in the program. We have judges talking about the social implications of each of these different cases, ranging from immigration issues to racial violence to, you know, sexual violence. I mean, there's all these social stories going on with these cases that judges are actually talking about with these schools. And the students are also learning about the law, presumably. Absolutely, yes. We, we actually go into great detail in each of these cases, not only with the jury and the student that's on trial, but while the jury is deliberating with the entire audience, we discuss the case and the ramifications of it and what the law means and 
the difference between a petty theft and a burglary, for example, or what they see in the case. They're taught critical thinking. They're taught uh, questioning skills. They're taught the law. And each of the courts is linked to a specific Los Angeles school? Our teen court is a partnership between the probation department, the school, and the court. Now, it's not all Los Angeles city schools. We have many school districts in Los Angeles County, which is made up of 88 cities, and we work with each one of those. We have 22 active courts. We have four waiting to start this year. Yeah, and, and they, yeah, like you say, Rob, they, they take place on a high school campus. And a member of the Los Angeles Superior Court uh, presides over each hearing? Correct, and the minor never comes from the school where the hearing occurs. They always come from a different school. Why don't we talk about the SHADES program, which, again, stands for Stopping Hate and Delinquency by Empowering Students. So that's also a teen court, but it has a special partnership, I understand, with the Museum of Tolerance. It does. Our partner in the teen court is the probation department and the schools. In the SHADES program, it was designed originally to be partnered with the schools alone, but it has now expanded to where the district attorney, the public defender, other courts, the schools, law enforcement, law enforcement all refer cases to the SHADES program because they find it a tool that they can use when they really don't know where to go with it or they just think we can provide more resources to it than they can. We were seeing statistics that, for example, every seven minutes a child is bullied or one in ten students stay home from school because they're afraid of being bullied. And so we came up with this idea of having a, an expansion of teen court where it's dedicated to hate bias incidents or crimes. And the difference is we take the same kids that sit in teen court as jurors and they go through a five-day training program at the Museum of Tolerance. They sit as jurors and we mix them up from various schools so it can be any one of 10 or 15 schools that would be involved in any particular case. And those cases we try in a regular courtroom, not at the school, because we want to put the emphasis on how serious it is. We have other programs that are now donating services to us. For example, the California Conference for Equality and Justice has a camp up in the mountains. It's called Building Bridges for a Youth and Human Relations Camp. And so if a kid is convicted in the Shades program, that's one of the resources that we have available. We also provide a judge mentor or even a lawyer mentor and community service programs. So we've now done crimes based on anti-Semitic um, activity. We've done crimes against blacks or browns. Our most recent crime was uh, two boys beating up a Down syndrome child. And, you know, Rob, we, we talk about bullying kind of interchangeably with hate incidents, and it's because oftentimes, sadly, the bullying is rooted in somebody's identity. So it's, this program really focuses on, on the bullying and the incident, all related to the uh, protected classes of gender, race, nationality, all those sorts of things. And the difference, the difference also, one other difference in the Shades program is that the victim does testify. Oh, I see. So the case is summarized by probation. The minor who's on trial gets to tell the jury their side of the story. The uh, victim gets to tell the jury what happened. Of course, both the victim and the minor on trial are questioned by the jury, and then the jury deliberates. So what does the Museum of Tolerance, in terms of its training, what are they bringing to the table here? Uh, can you give some examples of the awareness that the training has brought to them about issues of bias and prejudice? The training is actually quite phenomenal. It's a week-long training at the Museum of Tolerance eight hours a day. We do full-on training utilizing the exhibits at the museum. They're interactive exhibits. Right. We call in outside speakers. We have members of the gay and lesbian community. We have a former skinhead. We have mentors come in and work with the students on their 
questioning skills, restorative justice we teach them, you know, victim offender stuff we teach them. We teach them the differences between a hate incident and a hate crime. That's pretty a significant part of this because the kids have to figure out, was this an incident? Was it a crime? Was it bullying? Was it free speech? What is this? And we teach them that. Again, this program can reach a case that a district attorney couldn't file because an element's missing. What's the threshold for bringing a case in teen court versus, I guess, criminal court? So in teen court, for example, if a district attorney got a case where the minor had done something wrong, but there was a bad search or the statement wasn't admissible or something, they can send a test because I'm not concerned with a bad search or a bad statement because the idea is the minor not to have a record after this. So one of the beauties of going to teen court is it's early intervention program. It's a diversion program. The minor will not have a record, even if they are convicted, if they complete the program satisfactorily. But what if they don't complete the, the sentence? Then the, the case can be filed, because this is an early intervention program. There is an alternative, and the alternative is it can be filed. And since you mentioned that the victim in the cases that are brought in the Shades Court participates, I wonder, is there any special preparation for the victim in these cases? Because I imagine there can be a lot of emotions, fear, those kinds of things. So I wonder how you prepare the victim. You are exactly right. In the last year or so, we've brought in the USC School of Psychiatry to talk to the victims, the, the minors that are participating, everybody, to do evaluations for us and look at how the program is affecting them. Also, many of the victims come in with a lawyer. We also have victims advocates here that work with the victims. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, too, you know, these trials are, are pretty amazing for giving the victim a chance to uh, make an impact statement. So they end up being very grateful for the process because they say that there's a conclusion to a, a conflict that has hurt them. You mentioned mentors. Do each of the minors have a mentor assigned to them? Yes. That's actually one of our most exciting innovations in this program is the fact that we're we're connecting all the kids who are in trouble to a real mentor, and it, most of them have been actual judges who are taking part in something that's kind of new for judges, to be mentors to kids. You know, let's say we have an anti-Semitic case, then we'll have the judge who's maybe Jewish work with the kid who, who attacked the Jewish community. Incredible. Well, you you guys are doing really amazing work. I, I think it's very gratifying for all of the participants. I have to tell you that, that Rob, uh, the judges, I think, get as much out of it as anybody. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for showing the interest. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Absolutely. Well, I've been speaking with Judge David S. Wesley, the presiding judge of Los Angeles Superior Court, and also Camillo Cruz, who's the director of community outreach for the Superior Court. And we've been talking about teen courts and the Shades program. To find out more about either of those things, we'll put a link on our podcast page to the uh, Museum of Tolerance, which which describes the Shades program. And to listen to more of our podcasts, please visit us at www.courtinnovation.org. And you can also listen to us on iTunes. I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. Thanks very much for listening.